What up, what up, what up? We're back with another episode. Episode 41, Between Two Posts. Uh, we're here again. It's Everett alongside Evan. Unfortunately, I do want to start off by giving a shout out. Uh, Kyle's not here with us today. They're, they're dealing with what, you know, not what I guess could possibly be, but what is uh, Hurricane Ian. So him and Hannah had to evacuate the house just on all precautionary things. I guess t- Tampa Bay is just going to get like eaten alive. Kyle said 10 feet of water above ground, which is unfortunately his whole house. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, thoughts and prayers are with everybody in Tor- uh, Tampa. I almost said Toronto and Tampa Bay and the Florida area on that golf side. Hopefully this somehow blows away or kind of dies down because that could happen. Like the hurricane could kind of fall apart. So, but to everybody out there, all our listeners, uh, we send lots of love, prayers, and we hope you're safe and evacuating. And, you know, hopefully this isn't as serious as they make it sound. But outside of that, Evan, how you been this week? Good. And actually, uh, well, obviously thoughts and prayers out to Kyle and everyone else down there. But uh, the funniest part about it all is, is my parents left uh, left on a cruise yesterday uh, from Florida. So we'll see how that that all goes. I'm their emergency contact now. So. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed for no no calls or texts or anything here. Well, you did say it was Cocoa Beach, which is the other side. So I think the other side's safe. Having talked to the guys with the Panthers the other day, uh, I think they're they're just calling it like, oh, it's just gonna rain. So they're good. Yeah. So and I'm sure, obviously, a cruise company isn't gonna put them out in the middle of the ocean if they're not gonna get back in one piece. So. Yep. Yeah. I I was a little bit. My dad was making jokes about it, but it was like, it was one of those things like, what, what the heck are you doing? But I guess. I could definitely see your dad making, making jokes. <laughs> That's definitely no. on point. Um, Evan, I did want to ask uh, something I think is annoying, and I don't know if you have any experience with this, but having been around Wheeling and in, in the area, the Pittsburgh accent's a little bit out there, eh? Do Pittsburgh people have an accent? Yeah, yeah, they do. I you don't think they accent. do? Huh? Not really. Not thinking. Not like off the top of my head. Like when they say water, it's water. People or talk pro- from Pittsburgh. Yeah, like you, you say program, it's program. They like really pronounce U's and stuff, and it's I don't know, it's odd. I didn't. Well, I don't know. I guess I haven't spent enough time in Pittsburgh. I know I always get chirped because I say milk and pelt like milk and pillow. Oh no, you're not one of those Midwestern guys, are you? That's, that's embarrassing. That's, <laughs> no, that's the two things I always I always take a lot of heat for. I don't know if that's a uh, I don't know if that's a Cleveland thing or if it's they just say it's a Midwestern thing. Impediment or <laughs> what it is, but. No, I, I, to be honest with you, I've, I've never even realized Pittsburgh people have an accent. Oh, well, it, it, whenever you're back down in Wheeling or you go to see a game, just listen to the people around you talk. Like I listen to uh, a new untold story with Barstool with KB and Nick and everything they say, they always, they're from Wheeling. And when they speak, they have an accent it's, it's out there. <clears throat> so that takes dead. Um, I did want to ask you, so this happened to me the other day and it happens to me a lot in airports and it's pretty frustrating. Uh, and I already have like a, I have a solution to most of it, but you'd spend a lot of time on the road and going to different, you know, gas station bathrooms and rest stops and stuff like that. But have you ever been where you have to go put like a toilet seat cover down, like the, the, 
you know, millimeter thick piece of paper. And then you turn around and you pull your pants down and you go to sit down and it flushes and it pulls the thing down. Do you ever just sit oh, yeah. down or do you go back and like re recover? No, to be honest with you, those things, I think they're a waste anyway. <laughs> so you just raw dog that but seed. It, but I mean, every time, every time you're right, every time. So eventually I just start, I take them and I'll rip the, the little piece that comes down in the middle off. Oh, you know, okay. what, you know what I'm talking about? I'll rip it off. So then that way it doesn't get sucked down. See, I've never Those really things, understand what that piece is there for either. I think it's just for the pack, like the pack. I'd assume it's just for the packaging. Oh. But I mean, those things are weight. Like they honestly, they just fall off and flop around and don't make any sense anyway. Because like you said, they're millimeter thick of like patty paper. Like they're worthless. (laughs) Well, it's there to protect you amongst disease, right? And especially I was in a gym bathroom, so that's kind of gross. You see all those uh, older patrons walking around undressed and sweaty and then they go in there and sit down and I'm not looking to swap sweat with those guys in that way you know what I mean yeah no dude I actually did the grossest thing today and like I wasn't even thinking about it I yeah. uh, I went and I went and worked out and like the gym I work I think I don't know if I've talked about talked to you about the gym I work out at but it's like there's like a big soccer play it's like an indoor soccer place but they they have like off the side, they have some offices and uh, there's like a ballet studio and stuff like that. And then inside there, there's also a, a gym, which it's like, it's not bad. It's got everything you need. Everything's a little bit like gritty, like rusty and, and yeah. you know, beat up. Like all the, all the dumbbells are bent. So like anytime you pick up a dumbbell, if you're, if you're like benching, you got to make sure you rotate it like the right way. Otherwise it just won't sit in your hand. Yeah. But uh, so I went and worked out today and like, I'm not a huge germaphobe, but like, I, I am somewhat conscious and like, I went and worked out. And then after I was just like, okay, I need a coffee and like a, like a muffin or something. Cause I was like, I'm coming home and do this podcast. And I don't have time to actually like cook or, you know, go grab a real meal somewhere. So I, uh, I just grabbed like a muffin and a coffee and I wasn't even thinking about it, but like, I didn't wash my hands or do anything. And after I left that gym and I was just scarfing down this muffin in my hands and I was just uh, you know, after you think about it, you're like, wow, that is disgusting because I've never wiped down one thing in that gym. And I can only imagine that no one else has ever wiped down one thing in that gym and it's the entire existence. So, <laughs> I mean, you just think about it after and you're like, holy cow, that's actually kind of disgusting. But you know what? That's not only am I getting stronger at the gym, I'm also making my immune system stronger because I'm pushing it to the limits on my disgusting muffin. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Uh, and ever since COVID, like, I kind of turned into, like, a cleaner person. So, like, speaking of that, you you go to the gas station and, like, think about how many people, like, blow their nose, spit in their hands, like, just touch all this disgusting stuff, wipe their ass, and then they go pump gas. And you just, you raw dog that handle, and then you pump, and then you put it in, and then you go right back to, like, touching your phone and stuff. So, uh, I now use, like, I started during covid i i don't use the covers but i use uh the wet wipe things i put one in my hand and like i pump my whole gas with it and i wipe the thing down so yeah i'm not gonna lie to you like and even my girlfriend always chirps me for it my hand washing habits and like cleanliness in that sense are very bad but (laughs) i mean i'm alive it makes you stronger 
You probably drank, don't get sick a lot. Yeah, I drank, you know, hose water from a garden hose in the backyard for however many years. I think I'm going to survive. Um, whenever people bring that up, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know how old I was. I mean, I had to have been older than five, younger than like eight. And I was really thirsty. And I was like, oh, like, I'll get you something from the fridge. And I was like, no, 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 I'm just going to go outside. And I would deliberately like leave the house inside my own house where we have a fridge that like, you know, has a water filter built into it and you just, you know, tap it and fill your cup. I would deliberately go outside and drink from the hose and then come back inside. Makes you stronger. That's right. I mean, you got a metal stomach now. You got to steal crap on there. (laughs) Well, uh, it's this coming from the same guy who I can bury like 15 white castles and I won't have a problem the next day. So, you know, I paid my dues, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's all that matters. How was, uh, how was your, wasn't it your, uh, your coaching debut or not your debut, but the season the other day? So, well, we started off the turn or the, the year with the uh, little Caesars, the LCAHL, LCAHL tournament. We went four and oh, but we played teams within like, you know, our age group. And then they divided out and we set up a, a scrimmage against who I think will end up being a top team in uh in our age group in our division we're in like the double a or eisenman division whatever you want to call it and we set up a a scrimmage against st Clair shores and we went in knowing like they're going to be good and i wasn't at the last game that they played them but we got waxed like seven to one the last game so like we're trying to get the kids pumped trying to get everybody ready to roll trying to get you know like get the get vibes going and get kids to understand like hey this is a serious one like you got to be ready to go we got to be firing right no dinking around, mentally focused. And uh, I think first six minutes, we had four goals against. And uh, I just started looking around and like, I'm looking at the head coach, Jim. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And it's one of those things where like, now you're on the other side. So I understand where like, you know, like you've heard this a thousand times. I can't get out there and do it for you guys. You guys got to want to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those where it's like, this is, it's literally it. Like you could yell at them all you want. You could do whatever you want, but like, you can't get out there and do it for them. So you like, this is just the way it goes. So you, you guys either want to, you know, try and put this game back together and put the pieces back together. Or we just get waxed. Uh, we walked out of St. Clair shores with like a 10 to one loss, but you know, on the silver lining of a 10, one loss, we, you know, we just went four and oh, and I think this knocks us back down to earth. We got a game tonight that I got to go to. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll show up and kind of even out and play well today. But it's uh it's a hard one. It's a hard one to wear. Um, it's a hard one to see the goalie go through. And we, you know, we only have one. And when you're watching him kind of just process that and go through that afterwards, it's not it's not the easiest thing. You know, you and I have been there where you just get shelled and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Better for him to learn when he's, you know, ten or eleven than try and figure it out when he's sixteen or you know, however old. And it yeah. actually like, somewhat counts for something. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like when you're a kid, you don't realize it. Like genuinely no hockey game, probably before I was, you know, 16, 17, I mean, even 18 years old really counted for like anything at all. in the, in the grand scheme of things, like there, they were just essentially development games. And that's, that's the craziest thing. I remember my first year, 16s, we played like a, it had to be a 60, 70 games we played like a heavy 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 schedule and the coach i had that year wanted to run it like a a 
he told us everyone he wants to run it like a junior team. So we had, you know, how many goalies and I probably only played like nine or 10 games that year. Cause I was so bad. Jesus. I was like, it was like, that was like my, when I hit, hit my first growth spurt and I feel like I just like hadn't really grown under my body. And I'm, I'm sure I had a lot of learning to do as far as playing too. But the thing is, is I, I you know, you think, you know, you think could have, should have, would have, and it's like, well, what if I had another, you know, 20, 30 games of experience and learning, like, what or what I've been at and you know it's funny all these years later like my sophomore junior year I do a internship with the AAA Blue Jackets and I mean Ed Ginger is like one of the you know best you know youth program managers or whatever I had him I had um Perry Gonchar who you know coached in the American League IHL whatever and then I had uh Dave Caruso who's obviously you know who he is everything legend for itself and then I had Chris Clark, who's now the GM for the monsters and uh, the player personnel guy for the blue jackets and Chris, like his, th- he, he, his thing, I think he was the coach of the U 14s or I, I don't know exactly what age group, but it's like, you see how he ran it. And he, he literally playing time was completely equal for everyone. There was no, like, there was no power play, you know, one power play two. there was no PK guys there. Goal and actually, uh, Jeff Saleko's kid was one of the goalies on the team. Yep. And the goalies, they alternated, split evenly. Everything was even. And you think like, okay, you see a guy that is a NHL, you know, player personnel guy or whatever you want to call it, and he runs a team like that. And then you see how how that team gets ran. I don't know. It, it's that, that that's one of the things with you, and especially youth hockey now. It just seems like every everything is they're treating it too much like uh like the pros and there's no more uh throw your stick at center ice and divide them out and just go skate around for a little bit yeah for sure it i mean it's the one thing though that hockey has changed is now like especially with michigan like you think about it more and not everybody because it's it's called 40 man camp for a reason because only 40 kids get invited to uh usa's you know development program tryout but uh, the way I think hockey's changed is now like your U14s matter so much more because right after that, you're going into your U15 year, which is when you're getting technically looked at for that. Right. Yeah. So I think now hockey, like everything's changed, but I think at the end of the day, you are right though. Like you're just trying to get better until you hit 15, 16s because for the average kid, you know, your 16, 17s year, that's when you have to be like, get good and get noticed so that way you can go if you if that's the route you want to go and you're playing triple a and you want to go play junior hockey and like try to take a shot at make you know committing to a school and then go from there like at the end of the day you're just trying to get better and learn all throughout those years until you hit you know 15 16 17s and then at that point like that's when it really matters that's when you're trying to do well get noticed and then coaches start showing up and asking like oh you know like if you thought about playing in the na and this and that and you go to camps and all that kind of horse shit so yeah, I mean it's it's tough, but at the end of the day, like you said, the earlier you learn, the better. And the other thing is, and I told the kids afterwards, after like we kind of talked to them about how embarrassing it was. It's like the other thing now is like, yeah, it's it's a pretty shitty situation. And I didn't say that it's a bad situation to be in. It's embarrassing, and like you're stuck in the quicksand. But now, like, how do you respond? You can sit here and wallow in it and be sad, and then you know be mopey. But or the next game you go play, you show up and you you understand like from the minute you walk in the door, you're focused, you get a good warm up, and you play sewer, 
you know, you run, you get stretched out, and then you start focusing on the game. You start worrying about the things and the jobs you got to do and all these little things that we are trying to instill with the kids and how to, like, handle games and game day and stuff like that. So we'll see how they respond tonight, and I'll uh, I'll keep I'll keep you updated, you know? Yeah, let's go Rangers, baby. <laughs> let's go Rangers. Uh, you got anything else for the day, Moiser? No, I uh, I got to go run Queen of Hearts drawing up at, up at the bar tonight. Pots around 40k right now, so oh yeah, might go home real real happy tonight, but we'll see. (laughs) Oh man, well good luck, have fun with that, and uh, again we got episode 41. Huge filling guest. Um, we unfortunately lost uh, lost a guest, but this guy is an all around beauty, total blue collar, great guy from Michigan. Max Milosek hopped on and uh, jumped between the posts today to talk all things you know hockey, his career, and what he's done, and some funny stories in there, and. Uh, give it a listen and be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and check us out next uh, and every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right. I'm signing off. I'll see you. Evan, thanks again. And we'll see you uh, next week. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back again with another episode. And boy, this one's going to be an electric one. He was a 2015-16 D3 Natty champ. 2018-19 Southern Professional Hockey League Playoff MVP and champ. It's a kid from Lapeer, Michigan. It's a tough town. It's a gritty town. It's Max Milosek. Max, um, before I even ask you how you are, congratulations on signing, buddy. You're upgrading into a yeah. league. I mean, you finished last year in Toledo, but now you're 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 officially signed with the the Walleye, an incredible ECHL mm-hmm. organization. Congrats, dude. But uh, how you yeah, been? Appreciate it. Everything's been uh, everything's been good. It's kind of been a, a short summer with the season ending i think it was june 12th was our last game so normally especially playing in the sb you're done and i mean i don't even know if you win the championship you're done in april so it's it's a normally a long summer so it's pretty quick I mean, first month went by a little bit slow but after that it seems like it was in a blink of an eye so it's been good and you know same old stuff just kind of training working here and there and getting ready for the season yeah for sure uh I got to break out of that habit, the for sure habit. Uh, but Max, I do want to tell you a quick little story. I, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, Evan, when I was in Flint and I saw, I heard those, that backfiring, uh, backfiring car. Um, so I was on my way to, we were just talking about it. The Flint, it's hockey land, ice hockey land, right? I, I, I don't even know. I think it's, well, the one used to be called Iceland. For, yeah. It was like, so it's they, Flint, Iceland. Yeah, where uh, they they got the soccer rink in there, it's half turf, and then the other parts, the ice rink, and it's just, uh, I mean, it's a staple in Flint. It's uh, it's a place most people, I think, as a tourist, like I don't know if I'd ever want to take Evan there, but I had to go see <laughs> who I, I had to see the uh, the Firebirds, and I had enough time coming down from Sag Nasty. I grabbed Chipotle and I'm sitting outside enjoying my lunch, and I heard like five or six pops, which sounded like a backfiring car. You know, we're in mm-hmm. Flint. There's some hoopies yeah. rolling around there, some cars that probably shouldn't be on the road. Uh, but there's also a lot of da- a lot of danger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I heard five, six pops. I'm like, all right, no big deal. Just keep eating. Maybe 60 seconds later, one cop car comes screaming down the road. Second one comes screaming down the road. Lights, sounds, sirens, everything's going. And then I was like, as the third and fourth cop showed up, and I thought, I'm like, well, man, what are they doing here? And I realized, oh no, those were gunshots. That wasn't a car backfiring. So, like, <laughs> yeah. welcome to Flint. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not in a good spot. You get, that's <laughs> when you get your keys and get the hell out of there. <laughs>
So, I mean, being a being a man of Lapeer, you're no stranger. So, um, no. I try to avoid it, though. I try not going out that way unless I'm going to Piranis or, you know, something for hockey. Or that's pretty much it. I don't really go into Flint anymore besides that. <laughs> keep, it, keep it safe. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, dude, uh, Summer, I've seen you've been doing some training and stuff. Uh, I always wanted to ask, and I don't know. I mean, we've we had another interview where, I've, you know, we've sat down and, you mm-hmm. know, shot the ship before. But uh, I wanted to ask, you got like this tight knit group of what, like 10 guys? You guys work out at the gym together? You guys uh, have like the Iron, the Iron Lotus sessions? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not even. It's uh, it's guys have gone through throughout the past couple of years. I think it's, it was the fifth summer, fourth or fifth summer, but. We started off and it was just me, Ben Gleason, and his older brother. That's my age. And it kind of started off with a couple weights and whatever that you could get in the in his garage at his parents' place. And then over the years, like just kept adding on and on. And he got some equipment online, got some from Troy Sports Center that they bought, or I don't know what deal was with it. He got it from them because they were done using it. And then we kind of just turned it into a full-on gym. I mean, it's the size of you know a double car garage, but it's enough room for everyone to get their stuff done and uh and then over the years, a couple guys I played that were from Michigan, like uh, Stephen Beauvais, he worked out with us the one COVID season, but he's done playing. He's in Arizona now. Um, but this summer it was me, Ben, James, Roman Kindle. He's at UConn. And then Carson Riddle. And he just uh, left a few weeks ago to go to uh, Aurora. Kindle is a team in Wichita Falls. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good dude. He's, and he's close there. That's why we're always going to his lake house too, to like party or go on the boat and whatnot. And then also Aaron, uh, machine, he's, uh, at Saginaw Valley. So he would work out with us when he wasn't at school or bouncing to get a bouncing job. So there's like six of us and it's a good group we had going all summer. And I mean, I was kind of on the IR a little bit to start the year. Well, not necessarily. I just didn't want to start working out yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I need a little break. You faked an injury, yeah. huh? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I was I was hurting a little bit. The groins, you know, the same old goalie stuff. The groins, the hips were feeling worse than ever since I'm getting older. But it was just from such a long season and grinding that I was like, I need to take a few weeks off here and kind of rehab them a little bit and strengthen them up. And now I'm back and I'm good to go. Buzzing. A year in the SP is like dog years. It's like five oh, years. Oh man, body, so. I know. Yeah, I did almost what three and a half years of that. <laughs> so. It's like 25 years. It's a long, it's a long time. But you no, know, it was that was fun though. Like, I mean, that helped me with my career, obviously, to get to this point. But I mean, that group in Huntsville, I mean, I've talked about it many times with you know everyone. That group in Huntsville was probably some of the best groups I've ever played hockey with. And I mean, we obviously had some good teams and one and just the living situation and the organization, how they run everything down there. It's, they set you up for success. So oh yeah. Um Max, I want to start off and kick it back. I mean, I already got one story that you told me before, but this pod's got to hear it because there's a lot more listeners here. Mm-hmm. Um, you started off. I mean, you guys, you and Evan share this in in common. You guys have played for defunct Null teams. Um, the yeah. point here on Fighting Falcons no longer in existence, unfortunately. I know you had three years there, but uh, you guys played out of the old famous uh, McMoran Arena, right? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. remember the last time we talked, you got caught in between rooms like when you went to go change and then you had to hit the other sheet so you're crawling around on your hands and knees and oh, yeah. you're trying to trying to get to the yeah. other rink and it's snowing <laughs> yeah. there's like three feet of snow oh dude, it was like the biggest snowstorm i've seen in like years like in like 10 years and <laughs> like our so our coach 
decided to start making practices. I think it was at like 6 a.m. And I was living still in the pier for my first two years in Port Huron. So that was my first year there. And he's like, I, he's, he must have thought guys were going out booze or staying up too late or playing video games. So I think back then, zombies was like a big thing. So like guys were staying up to four in the morning playing. And like we'd come to the practice for four o'clock and be like half asleep. And like he didn't have like a rule where he had to be there an hour early. It was like get to the rink. If you're dressed for practice, you're good. So like guys would show up 10 minutes before and just get dressed and get on the ice because we were winning games. So he didn't really care. And uh, so then he changed it to 6 a.m. And I'm living, you know, an hour from there. So I'm leaving at whatever time it was, four something in the morning, going through a snowstorm, sliding over the ice on the road. And then I get to the rink and, like, I'm kind of running late because the roads are so bad. They already started practice. Like, I didn't even check the rink. I mean, you normally don't. You just assume you're on the middle of the main sheet. And so I get dressed, everything. Everyone's – I'm the only one in the locker room. I go down the stairs and I couldn't get in. And I'm like, oh, no. So, like, I had to, like – I couldn't take my equipment off. Like I was fully dressed already. They had like mats, but you can't see them because there's so much snow. And I'm like, I don't want to ruin my skates. So I was legit just crawling through all the snow to try to get to this other rink. That's the one that was across. I don't even think it's a rink anymore. I think they changed it to something else. But um, yeah, I was, it was probably at least two feet of snow and I was just covered. I looked like a abominable snowman. Once I got into the rink, I was, I think I was 45 minutes late for practice. Coaches, like, a, I could tell he was about to snap on me and scream at me because I wasn't very good at, like, communicating and, like, calling and saying, hey, I'm going to be late. Like, I just kind of, like, went with the flow, which was the – I was immature as dumb, but <laughs> I guess I learned – I guess I learned the hard way. But, um, yeah, so I, I come in, I'm just covered in snow, and then he just starts losing it. Like, everyone is just losing it on me. Like, like my fa- – like, I had snow on my face mask. <laughs> like, I'm like, it was that bad. So, like, I was freezing. And then the worst part about it is, like, you know, when you skate at 6 in the morning, it's freezing. In the middle of winter, you take a shot off your palm. You think it's broken because it's so cold, you know? Like, it's just like your toes are frozen. Every every puck's hurting. And I'm like, this sucks. But grinding through practice, got through and had some laughs about it. So it was, it was a cool story. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes Evan sound kind of soft spending his all seasons down in Texas, huh? Yeah, yeah I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. I I think I tried getting out of there my last year. I tried going to, uh, what was it? The Rio Grande Killer Bees. Oh, yeah. yeah, RGV. You know, yeah, I tried going. Like, I didn't, they were brand new, and I would be sick to go down there. And then, like, I don't know. I didn't really get along with the coach as much my second year because he was a new coach. We kind of butted heads. But that was just, like, looking back, I, like I said, I was immature. So, like, I was just being a, a little dickhead junior hockey player. And uh, so, I that was when I texted him at main camp and I said, fuck you trade me at least 20 times. And I didn't show up to main camp and he threw a fit on me, which rightfully so. And, uh, and then, cause I didn't want to pay for camp. So it was my third year. It was like 300 bucks. I was like, why do I have to pay? Like I'm already on a team and freaked out about it. And I was broke. Like I was working for minimum at the time. It was like six fifty an hour. So I was like, I can't afford this. So didn't show up. And then he eventually told me you can play, but just don't play in the all-star game. You don't have to pay. So, and then I did it. And then he's like, do you still want to go? Cause I'm going to trade you to Minot or Kenai. And I was like, all right, I'll just stay in Port Huron. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going there. Like I'm, this is my last year juniors. I'm not going out there. I can't believe they, they were trying to make you pay. That's actually nuts. Yeah. That were, I mean, that they didn't have a lot of money there. And like even like sticks in Port Huron, I didn't. I think I got one stick through my whole junior career there. Like it was always using whatever I could. Guys were taking tape out of the trash cans to use for like their socks. Like no. it's just straight. Oh yeah, it's straight up no. Like it was that bad. Like there was the one hotel we stayed at in the Sioux my second year. There was a motel, and it was like uh, 
it looked like that movie vacancy like the door went shut so we had to take the dresser and like shove it up against the door and it was freezing cold the heat didn't work and our coach is like why are you guys playing like shit and then like the second day that i don't know if other teams do it i'm sure they do but they have to move everyone into two rooms so like we had 10 guys in each room sleeping on the floor before a game God. <laughs> yeah, eating Golden Corral, and then, yeah, yeah, it was just a lot going on. But, I mean, looking back on it, we all got through it together and laugh about it now. But, yeah, it was it was tough times. Then. Um, I mean, it's like you compare it to some teams. Like, there's organizations right now that I'm not going to name, but I, I knew a goalie uh, in – okay. Um, in one of the cities and one of the teams, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm he was at camp and I went to go see him at camp. Like I just happened to be in the area, seen a couple of schools mm-hmm. and this is junior hockey. And again, this is like junior a, you know, tier two. Uh, this isn't like, you know, USPHL, this is an NCDC and they're at main camp and he has to pay for his main camp. And he had played with the team prior. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, How, why? And he goes, well, it's a part of our ice fee. So like, you know, yeah, we are paying into it and we got to pay for camp, but kind of just goes into like paying dues i guess for the season so i don't know mm-hmm. there's there's really bad situations out there obviously you guys Wait, are both lived- dues tier two junior a is paying due like paying the team to play i or mean just- that's the way like he kind of like phrased it sounds it. like yeah was it a null team no oh okay i was gonna say that would i would have been <laughs> well it's Still, i think like, this is yeah. this is a worst option because i mean i didn't even know hang on what is the USHL? That's still tier, tier two, right? USHL. Yeah, that's, tier, that's that's tier one. That's considered okay. Tier one. So USHL yeah. or USHL? No, you you the the United States Hockey League. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah that's that's top dog. Yeah, so like they were in that league paying to go to camp, and there's kids this year that are buying their own sticks in that league, and like that's crazy. I I don't know. Junior hockey is just a disaster. Um. I mean, there was a kid, I don't know what school he committed to. He ended up going D1. He hosed me on a set of gear, but he was out in uh, in Danbury where the old trashers used to be, and they were living out of, like, a Ramada Inn. Not even, like, an extended stay. Like, they had the kids in a hotel as because they couldn't get billets or whatever. So yeah. They had, all the, they had players, like, he was telling me, he's like, he's like, what are diets like out there? Because obviously now like the athletes changing, like you guys got to mm-hmm. eat good. You got to train, blah, blah, keep your body in tip top shape. This isn't, you know, the olden days. And uh, he said, like you go into players rooms and there's just Taco Bell, Wendy's McDonald's bags, like everywhere oh, yeah. until they come to clean them. They got that, the hot plate thing to heat up like a can of soup, but like, you can't like kids can't live no, like that's... that and you can't play well like that. And like at that age too, like I know at least for myself, like I knew how to, I mean, cook the minimum, but like my bill, like when I lived in a, my last year with my billet mom, like she would make a lot of meals and that like went a long way because I didn't really know how to cook like that. So yeah. then obviously like if, if that wasn't there, like I'd be doing the same thing. I'd probably be eating pizza rolls every night and like whatever I can get my hands on that's easy and quick. Well, that and like, like you it, know, there's no discipline and like, you know, when you're playing at that age, like calories burn pretty quick. So you can eat like yeah, trash right. and you'll be okay for the most part. But in terms of like fueling the body and being ready to go on a Friday night oh, yeah. and Monday through Thursday, you're eating Taco Bell, Wendy's and some McDee's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if you're it's going to be yeah. there. You're not Dude. performing too well after that. There, there used to be an NA3 team called Breezy Point, which actually that's 
Packy took over and now, now it's at Minnesota Loons. Yeah. But shout out know, Bronson Moore. He was there. <laughs> yeah. It was ran out of like where Minnesota hockey camps or whatever is. So they had dorms and the entire team, they didn't have one billet. The entire team would be staying in these dorms. And I mean, this like the snap stories and stuff. Like I had a couple Yeah. That's gotta be wild. <laughs> the snap stories and stuff I'd see of that place were absolutely insane. It's like, you can't you can't let you know 18 to 21 or you know 17 to 20 mm-hmm. year old kids alone in a college style dorm like i don't even think there was a coach staying with them or anything i mean this was you know seven eight years ago when i was in junior and yeah yeah i mean i'm surprised they could get away with it back then i mean they, they probably had a blast doing it though oh my god <laughs> there's no rules really do whatever you want uh-huh. When he when Ev brought up that Danbury team doing that with the mm-hmm. hotel, that's, I mean that's yeah. I don't know how they can consider that halfway okay, but it's uh, it's a league probably. of opportunity, right? That's what this all comes down to. Yeah. Well, when I was playing, we were making two piece goalie sticks, and I've had to back <laughs> for sticks in the boxes that were getting shipped down to us. So you got like an Eastern synergy. Uh, top with like a Vaughn bottom, like you're like that's literally that is, it was an Eastern Mako top with the Vaughn bottom. <laughs> oh not even kidding. That's literally what it was. Holy shit! Oh I mean, man, oh, hockey. Anyway, you draw it up. That's just hockey there. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, Stevens Point, you're a legend there, Max. For obvious reasons, I know you go back every year for the golf outing, which always looks yeah. like a riot. It looks like it's a very yeah, it's a sober, blast. fun time. Go Yeah, n- nobody's drinking there. No. Only waters. <laughs> Only waters and Jofa helmets, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was my calling to be a goon and just wear a player helmet and just I should have been a player. <laughs> Especially with the stash. Um, I mean, you had a lot of sweet years there at Stevens, but obviously the year that you won had to have been unreal. Uh, mm-hmm. And to do it like it, Stephen. Stevens Point has an incredible D3 program because you mm-hmm. guys won it. And then what, like three years later, they won again? It was So it was the year before I went there, they lost in the finals to St. Norbert. And then my freshman year, I didn't play. I was backing up that year pretty much, I mean, every game but one. Um, but that team might have been the best team I played for, like talent-wise. But we lost in the finals to Trinity. And then my second year, we won. My third year, we lost to Adrian in the quarters. And then my senior year, we lost in the national championship semifinals. And then the year after, they went undefeated and won. So it was like a five-year span of just, like, dominance. Just incredible. Um, But, I mean, at Stevens Point, you get gear every two years. How did you survive those second years? So it would be your second year and your senior year, which to me doesn't even make sense. Because if anything, like, I get it. You need it there your first year on campus. Because mm-hmm. obviously you're new to the team and you're not wearing Pohu, like, teal blue and black pads yeah. whatever you got from junior uh but like your senior year you should get new shit right i agree but i don't know it's just the way the budgeting was and then like i found out after it's so, like they kind of do it with like whole sponsors so like every year you have to get two whole sponsors that are 250 dollars each so it's basically 500 dollars, and like everyone got them on a the team but i was the only one that didn't get sponsors so i just paid out of pocket but I also did like take initiative to like go out and ask people because I was kind of like socially not good with that and like kind of reaching out and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just pay. So, um, but then I found out after that you could have just like I think whoever it was, I don't think it was Rickman, it was someone else. I think it was Eli Billing. He got enough hole sponsor, but he had to have four of them. So if you got four hole sponsors and 
that like if you gave it to the team you have a brand new set of everything like skates pads helmet like so i was like man why did i just do that and just get four whole whole sponsors and i could have been set for another year and had you know five thousand dollars worth of gear and i would have been protected but yeah those like the second years like especially my sophomore year i remember being in the national championship game and like i basically taped my glove together with hockey tape and duct tape and then i had i that's why i start wearing the baseball mitt underneath my goalie glove because like my hand was like the thing was so i mean you gotta expect it's two years old i'm taking shots every day it's gonna get beat up you know like that's with anything it's wear and tear so like i'm like all right my hand is like breaking in practice i gotta get through like three more games so i bought that baseball glove and i was wearing it underneath my hockey glove like how has it yeah. and that was the only reason i started wearing one of those and now to this day i can't play without it Cause I just, I'm so used to it with like how much I sweat. Like it actually gives me a little bit more grip. And yeah, I mean, I get ripped on, I get ripped on all the time for it. Like if the other Seriously? team sees it, they'll, oh yeah. The, like, I mean, if I'm stopping another team and like, they're trying to get in my head, they're like, I don't even know what they say. They just try chirping me about wearing a glove. And I'm like, that's like, like, call, that's like guys wearing shot blockers better. though. Like that's like, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of common practice. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. It's not like, I wouldn't say it's even close to 50% of goalies, but I'd still say that there's tend to like, you know, 20% of yeah. goalies that wear shit on their hands. Yeah. If not, if just, not glove side, but both, like I've seen both. Yeah, sometimes. I've, I've seen blocker too. I think I tried it one time and I was like, it's just, it's too bulky in there. And like, I didn't really like it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they just look for something to chirp me for because, and then they obviously doesn't work because the more you chirp me, the better I play. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like, I like getting into the chirps and get into it. Like if you're going to try like run me or get into it, like I love that. I live for that stuff. So. Awesome. It is what it is, and but yeah, the whole gear thing. I I sold. I think I sold my national championship leg pads. They were so beat up. I can't believe someone actually bought them. And I wish I would have kept them because that would have been something cool to have down the road. But and then I've I've seen them getting reposted two or three times after that. They sold them again, and I was like, how are these things still getting used right now? So well, but, if uh, if you guys are ever in your local rinks and you see your local hockey team wearing purple gold stuff. Let us know. And it's got what was your weird and bright? It was like P dot H, H dot F. Uh the one that year was PCS for my one of my buddies in high school that died on New Year's. He uh in a car crash. So I had that for a while. And then yep. I think the next one after that was we win those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then now and then now it says doubt me. So that's my um, little my little slogan I go with now. So uh, I always try having fun with it, though. I try, like, especially now, like, that and the pictures. Like, I just try – I mean, I don't know how long I'll be able to play. And, so you know, eventually I'm going to have to get a job and be all formal and no long hair and stash or whatever whatever the heck I do with my facial hair. So I just try to have fun with everything I do with hockey. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, that's why we get into this. It's – I mean, it's turned into a job for you, obviously, which is incredible. But mm -hmm. I mean, even at junior hockey, like that's when it starts to turn into work and then college, like, yeah, you're a student, but the whole, the whole idea is like, you know, you're there to go, go play hockey. Uh, yeah. but originally like as a kid, when you're playing, you know, double A, triple A, whatever, and you're trying to figure it all out. Like hockey is just fun. You're going to hang out, you're wearing your tracksuit to games, you're running around throwing snowballs yeah. afterwards. Like the whole deal is just fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that's the main thing now is, I mean, there's so much shit going on with, you know, even in pro hockey, like, you know, the politics or stuff that's just out of your control. Mm -hmm. And then there's a time where, I mean, especially during COVID season, like all that stuff that was really out of my control, like I let it kind of get to me. And like, 
hockey at one point just wasn't fun. There was a point where I was like, cause we're so pooped up all the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. And like, I grabbed my sticks after like an orange lemon game and I just started skating off. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like I was so mentally drained. And my coach, thank God he came over and talked to me about it and like kind of sat me down and had a meeting with me, but I was just, and then that was kind of when I realized like, Hey, I just got to get back to having fun. And you know, this is why I'm playing the game. Like if I'm not having fun, then why am I doing this kind of thing? So got back to having fun. And obviously from there on, it kind of worked out and, I kind of went to the rink every day with that mindset. And I mean, I had my days like everyone does, but for the most part, you know, it was, that's what I kind of base everything off of now. For sure. Uh, I did want to ask Connor Reichman now works for Vaughn custom sports. Mm-hmm. He's our, uh, our Toronto or not Toronto, sorry, our Ontario pro rep. So yeah, it was like the OHL major junior, some other, you know, trickle down stuff with youth hockey, but, uh, mainly pro and then major junior. Um, when we talk about it, like we, he jokes about it. He's kind of shunned by uh, the Stevens Point, you know, uh, program because you know, had he done, he did his what one or two years, one, and then he moved on to Northern yeah. Michigan. Is that is that true to true to say? Like uh, he's not too well fondly remembered back at Stevens Point. Uh, no, like, I mean, I think it was just kind of the fact that he left. I don't know if like everyone. I mean, people, some people don't understand it. Like, he went for a, a bigger opportunity at a Division One school. Like, I mean, if I got offered that, like, I'd obviously consider that. And if it was the right situation, I probably would have went, you know? For sure. Um, but I think some guys kind of took it the wrong way, maybe, because, like, he just won the national championship. And I'm sure some guys were like, oh, we're going to go back-to-back kind of thing. And then, like, out of nowhere, you know, he, I mean, the opportunity came up and he went. And so, like, they're like, well, what the heck was this about? So, I mean, I mean, if anyone still holds that against them, that's pretty messed up but like I mean I never did but I mean he was the one that went undefeated and won a national championship so I don't I mean I still think he's he's high up there you know but I think it's kind of hard to say because he didn't play four years there I think if he plays four years there he breaks everyone's records like That's true I mean I can't I think Yeggs Brandon Jager was I mean he played the most minutes I think at the time or it was around there a second and he had I think the most wind and shutouts and all that and obviously Rickman you know, it took him – I mean, his first year he played underneath me. He played, you know, five or six games. I think he won every one but one. Or maybe he went undefeated, and then he obviously went undefeated. So, I mean, if he would have done that for two straight years again for his junior and senior year, he would have uh, – I think he would have broke all the records. So, it's kind of hard to say about that. But, I mean, obviously, I, he was a great goalie partner to me. That guy never complained about anything and worked his bag off and always supported me the whole time. You don't have to lie to us. Dude. You can tell us he was a scumbag because I'd rather hear hear that and then be able to report no, back. Like, yeah, Milo like said you were the worst, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like I, 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 you never did anything wrong to me. He's always good to me. Like I'll, I, you know me. I'll tell you if someone's scummy. So he, there was a joke that went around though that he needed to get a toothbrush though. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he had some stinky breath to fresh and that guy, I mean, I'll tell that, I'll tell him that to his face. So we used to joke around about it all the time and stuff like that. But I, I that's coming from me too. And I got stinky breath. So <laughs> perfect. I can, uh, I'll definitely start mixing that in toothbrush guy. Uh, so after that, you had some big runs in Huntsville, you went to the mm-hmm. Southern professional, which tough league, you know, I mean, I don't, I think when people sit, hear me say tough, it's like a goon show, but it's hockey's changing no. and like even the, the SB's changed. But I mean, tough as in like when you're dealing with the drop down effect of like NHL mm-hmm. guys 
getting signed and they'll take six deep, right? Well, on the NHL team, do they keep all six? No, you know, four drop down and then two drop down and then two drop down. So you have this constant shift in the SP of dealing with guys that come down from the coast to take your job and then they go back up and then they're down and mm-hmm. you could be gone one week and the team's calling you the next. Uh, but for you to like kind of pave your way there, I mean, Evan's got a bunch of great notes that we, we, did a little I don't know, last minute research and yeah. uh, trying to figure out how big of a shit bag you were in Huntsville. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we weren't able to dig up anything like that. But you, you went down and you won another one with with uh, Huntsville and you just stood on your head. And like, you know, mm-hmm. jumping into pro hockey, coming out to E3 can be tough for some guys, but obviously you made it work. Like, what was your first, I guess? jumping into pro what was that like and you know was it kind of scary were you adjusting or did you just kind of hop mm-hmm. in and say no like I just got to play goalie uh I guess a little bit of bull I mean it was I haven't had like a big problem with getting nervous or anything like that in my career I think I kind of learned that at a young age I had a coach Jeff Helmuth he was my coach on Little Caesars he guy just screamed nonstop like I was scared shitless nervous every game at one point I think I got an inhaler because I was breathing so heavy that I couldn't breathe because he'd freak me out so much and then one day I just had a day where I was kind of like fuck you I'm just gonna like fuck off I'm playing goalie like leave me alone kind of thing I got over it so like and like I think I kind of prepared myself so much like my whole entire life obviously I wanted to play pro and like that was always my goal so I think when that time came I was ready but at the same time, I really wasn't like, so I went to make and after college just signed like a three gamer and they didn't play me. So like, I kind of got a little taste of it. And then when I went to Huntsville, I was coming off. Well, I didn't tell them that, but I had, I tore my hamstring my senior year, but I didn't have surgery. I just kind of did rehab like here and there in the summer. So like, I kind of went to camp. With an the, it, it was, it was hurting still. And like, I didn't want to tell them because I didn't want to give them an excuse to cut me. So I was like, all right, we're just going to see how this goes. I think like first game, I mean, I took some adjusting at training camp, but first game played really well in Pensacola, lost in overtime. And then the next game I played, I got absolutely shelled for like six or seven. And it was like one of those games where like, I mean, I could have had a couple, but I got smoked on a few that I was like, what is going on right now? And, but it was just, there was a slight adjustment period at the start of the year because Mike Delarine was starting every game. I think he played eight in a row after I played a couple and then, um we kind of went on a skid as a team and my coach threw me in on like a three on three against Roanoke and ended up winning my first pro game and then from there on it was just like all right you won keep playing and then our team got hot again which obviously helped me out and then gave me a bit a bunch of confidence and then just kind of kept rolling with it and got my confidence up there and then got a call up to Kansas City for a few games got a taste of the east coast and that was even from there to the east coast for the step up because I never never went to an east coast camp after college or not yet and so it was a uh, guys are, you know, it's obviously faster shots are harder and there's a lot more possession of the puck or plays that happen East to West compared to the SP. Like that's even when I got called up this year, like I was in the SP for so long that I was like, okay, like I'm so used to this style of play. But when I went to the coast, it was like a lot of on the rush, like side to side, you got to get there and get your feet set or you're getting scored on. So, um, but yeah, that first year, like once I got the confidence going, it was like, I felt like nothing could go in and our team was, I mean, our team was so good, too, at that point that when we were on a roll, like, I don't – we went in there like no one could beat us. So, it was – definitely helped me out with my career doing that. That's just – I feel like that's, like, the cool thing about Huntsville, though, at least from, like, the outside looking in and playing in the league a little bit. What I understand about it, at least, is that 
there it it seems like there's kind of like an unwritten thing there with like the coaches where they it's not it's like there's a lot of teams where it's like you know you have a few bad games and you're just mm-hmm. kind of there. like it's oh, yeah. there's a little bit more loyalty there not only from the coach's standpoint of like mm-hmm. letting the guys get their feet wet and figure stuff out but yeah even from the players like you hear a lot of stories like from the outside of yeah. guys turning down call-ups and stuff like that so yeah it, I, it is like that it is, you're spot on like our coaches there like that's probably one of the best coaches I've ever had in my career like he's that guy went to bat for me all the time. Like he always had my back, Like we still talk, we still text and uh, like here and there catch up. Or if he needs like a player, if he's asking about one, like I'm always like, I'll tell him straight up how the guy is, but like, I'll tell him this guy might help you out or the case may be, or he was always trying to get me to go places, but he never pressured anyone into taking a call up or never got mad. If someone did, he's like, every time something happened with me or a call up, he'd be like, Hey, this team's calling. Do you want to go? I'm not pressuring you, but if you want to stay, we'd love to have you here still. This is up to you. And then if you go and you come back, you have a spot. And that's why, like, a lot of guys would just stay. I mean, some of them are older and they're they're content with being there, but they're like, this is way more fun playing here than going up and being a 10th forward or being a backup goalie or whatever the case may be. He goes, I can just stay here and play and be top minutes and win a championship. And then even with, like you said, with, like, the playing time, he says it, like, all the time. He goes, I'll give you a lot of rope, but if you keep making the same mistakes over and over, then I got to make a decision. But yeah, he, he always had confidence in that. And I mean, every summer, like when I'd resign, he would tell me like, if you want to go to a camp, go to a camp, but you'll have a spot if you need it. So yeah, it it makes it. And like, I think, I mean, I was fortunate enough to play there because I, like you said, there's other teams where like, say you had a couple of bad games and you're gone, you know, like I was fortunate enough, like, you you know what I mean? Like, but like the job security is like so big in minor pro hockey that like, you don't want to be walking on eggshells going to the rink thinking like, Hey, am I going to get traded or get cut today? And like, I've been there before in juniors and it's the worst feeling ever. Cause it messes with your confidence. Like your everything gets messed up. And like, you, you don't know what's going on in the locker room. Like at one point, I think like in juniors, I already had my suitcase packed. Cause I was like, all right, I'm gone. Like that kind of thing. So like when you're playing there and you have a coach that believes in you, like you just feel like you can just play your game. And that's how most guys felt. Yeah. No, so. that, I mean, that's definitely like, at least from, like I said, what I, what I've experienced in other teams and then what I've heard from people that played there and, you know, through the, through the grapevine, like even, I mean, you, I, I have on my little sheet here, like the, mm-hmm. the, the boosters there, just, just everything about like Von Braun itself, like everything about yeah. that just seems like such yeah. a six spot. I don't know if especially you got especially for like, what's that? Sorry. No, I was just going to – I don't know if you got any good stuff about the boosters, but I know that, like um, – that like po- my fir- It was different, though, because, like, my first year, we had our boosters. Like, they changed the rules in the league, but our boosters the first year, like, I had a couple, and, like, I got hooked up pretty good. Like, not, like, crazy. Like, I've heard about some teams in the past, like Mississippi, like, when they're in the league. I remember guys on those teams, they, tell me, they told me they're getting Xbox. The one kid got a oh. jet ski. He has insurance <laughs> paid for. Yeah, like <laughs> – I mean, I'm sure they're doing some things to get that kind of stuff, but um, I, I like my boosters were unreal. I, they still mess with me every once in a while. We kind of keep up, but it was kind of just like it was basically to each apartment. So like we'd go to the grocery store, and at, at one point we just kind of had a list, and they would just come drop it off, and it was it, it helped me because rookie pay there was two twenty five a week. So like it was like I can't Holy. buy groceries really. So Dude, it's like they to fill your tank with that, Jesus. Exactly. So like they hooked it up 
huge my first year. And then after that, they made it so you could only get $50 gift card to Kroger every month. And so, like, I mean, that doesn't get you much, obviously. So that's all we got for boosters my second through last year. Damn. And, like, there was, there was no, there was no like, elite, like they, they weren't getting stuff on the side. Like, we had a couple that were, like, if you wanted, like, a case of beer, like, after a game, like, if we had a good game, like, they'd give us, like, some booze or whatever, like, whatever the case may be, like, that kind of stuff. But nothing, like, crazy after that. And then uh, we'd get food for, like, if they were making food for the way team, like, they would make extra for us here and there. Just, like, or if there's leftovers, we'd always get some. But, yeah, before I – like, really, before, my first year and before I got in the league, that's when all the crazy stuff was happening with all the boosters. I don't know about in Huntsville. I heard more so, like, Mississippi and Macon. And then I think there was one other team, but yeah, I mean, that would be nice, but I'd take a jet ski. <laughs> um, I want to backpedal here to, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's your head coach was Glenn DeTulio. DeTulio. Yeah. DeTulio. Uh, this guy was a beauty. Like he played Acha at Iowa mm-hmm. state three years. His last year, he had 122 points in 47 games played. And then he went yeah. on to play. What is this? That's. I think in Germany. Yeah, well, he went to Norway two years, Germany for one, uh, Dell three, or Germany three, this says. So you count those years, though, and that's eight, nine, ten. He had 11 years pro coming out of ACHA. I mean, that was back in the U-Haul days, though. Like It looks like he was really just fighting in the Uh, U-Haul. This guy is a great guy, that's for sure. No, he's – well, I don't know how many fights he got into because he's, he's like, pretty skilled. Like, when he was skating around, like, he was pretty nasty in, like, the shootouts and shit still. But I think he played in that league with that whole – was it Danbury? Yeah, that, that would have been the U-Haul, that yeah. Was. Yeah, I think he was telling me stories about that. Because, like, before that whole documentary came out, they had, like, a mini one that was on Vimeo or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he sent it to me. And he's like, watch this. This is what it was like, what happened. And I was like, what the – like – and I was like, I never knew about this. And then the documentary came out. But he, uh, yeah, that guy, he he played a long time. And then I think his last year, he played half the year. And then their coach got fired. And then he just took over as like player assistant. And then kind of just got the job after that. Yeah, he's been there ever since. He like that, last year was his tenth season as a coach in Huntsville. Yeah, is that the guy that always wears like the Peaky Blinder hat, Milo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, he he's got a his hairline's kind of going on him. So, I mean, but I think that was kind of always his style. He does get chirped quite a bit for it though, from other teams. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, but I just always noticed it. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. That's just like, that's just like his gig that he has going on. But yeah, he's, like I said, he's an unreal coach. And uh, like he, he'll go to war for you. I mean, obviously if he has your trust, but like that guy is like such a personable guy that like, he cares about you, your family, and, like, you know, when they come into town, like, he's taking his time out to meet them all and stuff like that. And, like, can't ask for a better coach, especially my first, you know, pro experience. Yeah. Um, Mighty Ducks video was pretty sick. You remember that, what? Max? Huntsville? Yeah, my yeah, first year. Yeah, when you guys had, like, the first year and you guys were yeah. getting pumped up and getting ready to go back mm-hmm. to the season. You're bringing the boys together. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Dude, that took so long to be – like – it was like two days, two full days. Like we practice and then we'd go straight to like with the video guys and like have to go around downtown Huntsville. And like, I was wearing these, sk- like, you know, like the basic roller skates. Yeah. And like, they were like eight sizes too small. And my feet were just getting crushed for like six hours. And like, I mean, it, it was fun, but like, they're like, oh yeah. Like 
because we weren't making any money really like we weren't even getting paid yet so like do you want like a 20 dollar gift card to wherever it was like a i think it was called farm burger and it's like i mean it's a good place but you get like two meals out of it and, you, and i was like yeah sure and i didn't realize how long it'd take i'm like man this sucks <laughs> like but the video turned out really good like it was like their production team and everything that they did for it was like spot on with everything so it was, it was fun to actually because i always wanted like i like doing that kind of stuff and being in those kind of videos and you know having fun with it so it was good and then we had the mighty ducks game my first year where we wore a jersey from each of the movies it's like we had like the purple one and then we had the usa one we had to change the jersey Oh, that's really? sweet, dude. Sick, sick jerseys, sick jerseys, though. I wonder what I got my hands on one of those. Those were one of the coolest ones we wore in Huntsville. We always had pretty cool ones. That's sick. Um, Evan, you have anything else about Huntsville? I do. I actually, uh, I hit up our uh, your stallmate, uh, John Chiago, mm. <laughs> and uh, he he told me he he didn't know he couldn't confirm nor deny, but he wanted to know what you did after you guys won the, uh, the ship in Huntsville. He wanted to know what you did after that game. He wanted to, I, I th- I'll give you a hint and see if, see if it rings a bell for you, but he wanted to know if, if you got the itch to swim at all. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, obviously like, you know, we won, did all the celebration stuff in the locker room and, you know, everyone's going nuts and the champagne and whatnot. And then I remember, our owner came in and did a toast, but it was like a shot of like bourbon. And it was so gross. Cause I was so, I was like cramping and I was so tired. And I remember Buddy, that's, the like, South, I ever, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't ever throw up from like that stuff. And as soon as it hit my throat, I yacked everywhere. Like I was just drained. And then I remember like, after all that stuff going on, you know, take pictures and all that stuff. I think it's a tradition in Huntsville or maybe they did it when they won it back in the day, but there's like a, I don't know how to explain it. There's like a pond outside the rink. And then like it kind of flows through and you can walk around and stuff. And there's so many fish in there and they're massive, like, like foot and a half long. And like, I think they jumped in it back in the day. So like all of us were like, screw it, let's go. And we, I don't know, not everyone did it. There's probably a group of like 10, but we all just ran out there and just jumped right in this pond. And it was so cold, but it felt so good after the game. And I was just swimming around. But then I realized like these fish were in here. Like I got to get the hell out of here. Like <laughs> I was freaking out. Cause I hate when like fish swim by and like touch you. I was like, get me out of this place. I was like, get my get my clothes out. I'm going, we're going to the bar. <laughs> Come on, Max. But, you can't say you're afraid of fish. You're you're a Michigan guy. You're great lakes, yeah, sir. Come on, you gotta get tough. You know, I like I don't mind it. It's just it just feels goopy when they swim by and like rub your leg. Like, it's, it's a weird feeling. <laughs> it's a shark. It's a shark. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I used to, I probably still think that. That's what I used to think. There's bull sharks in, in Oxford in the lakes when I was growing up. <laughs> oh, oh man. He told me to uh, to bring up. He said he said you you were more skilled than most D men at playing the puck. And you know I I yep. talked to uh, I talked to Jake Kopsky the one night uh, like after we played him in mm-hmm. and we were just sh- shooting the shit or whatever. And he, he brought up a good point. He said in the SP a lot of times you'd rather just try and make the breakout play than let one of your D men do it. So yeah, seriously. I was just curious um, if, uh, if you like if that was something that you know you just started doing at an early age or when you really started you know honing in on that and really yeah, I, even yeah. I remember I played you a couple I remember I played you uh, one time in Huntsy Birm- one time in Birmingham I think yeah I'm trying to think what 
teams, how it lined up with teams and everything like that. But I definitely remember, yeah, it was with Birmingham, but no, and I, even I remember looking down at the other end cause I always thought I was a pretty decent puck player. And I just remember mm-hmm. the stuff you were doing as I was like, Oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to step away very briefly for a quick word from our sponsor. Take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill. Easy crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. This works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. You can order these at www.easycrease.com. Again, www.easycrease.com or check them out on Amazon. I'm a huge advocate for easy crease. I think you can use this at every level, whether you're, you know, coaching in major junior, high school hockey, or you're just dealing with 12 year olds or anyone younger. Anytime you go cross crease or you're warming up in the, uh, in the middle of the ice between the blue lines, if you're using like for younger kids, you're using shared ice. So players on both ends, uh, you're doing a goalie clinic and you want kids to start doing a lot of crease movements. You move the net around, you use one net, you don't, you know, peg it and you move the net around, you trace out, you know, three, four, five different creases, depending on the goalies, everyone can start skating and hitting their spots. The other thing is, I don't think this is just for goalie coaches. I think this is for goalies themselves. If you don't have a goalie coach and your team is doing half ice stuff, bring the marker out with you. When you guys go to half ice and you're doing cross ice drills or games or anything like that, small area stuff, boom, grab the marker, quick, uh, you know, hook it onto the net, Uh, Do your little C cuts coming backwards. One quick crease, boom, you're done. Now you can hit your spots. Now you have a feel of where you're at on the ice, just like you do when you play full ice and you're in the painted crease, right? I think this is a huge tool for anyone to have. I think if you don't have it in your bag and you don't carry it around with you on the rink, you're making a mistake. Again, it's super easy, quick hook system. You drop it out of the net. You don't have to clip anything, nothing. Boom, press the marker into the ice. You're skating backwards. You have crease in seconds. So definitely check them out, easycrease.com. If you're a social media person like I am, they have an Instagram, at easycrease. Again, E-A-S-Y-C-R-E-A-S-E. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Now uh, we'll take it, kick it back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I've always kind of taken pride in it, but like growing up, like I, I live obviously out in Lapeer, so like I didn't like go over to kid, like, friends houses or anything like that a lot when I was a kid like I'd come home from school and just shoot pucks for until the sun went down like I was so like into hockey that I was like I gotta get better at shooting the puck and like my dad was always like hey shoot 500 pucks a day kind of thing you know so and like I always like playing player too so it was all like I sometimes use a goalie stick but it was always put my wheels on wheel around act like it was a game scenario and just shoot pucks non-stop and but then eventually like I was like all right this kind of helps our defenseman out like I'm gonna keep working on this and then I think it was like Pee Wee's or Bantams. I had a goalie coach that kind of showed me kind of how to stop it behind the net. And then like that, because I couldn't figure it out. Like I'd always just run into the boards or like miss it and like trip over the net. So like, he kind of showed me how to like angle, like to get into it. And then like I started really working on it and then got into juniors. Like I could play it, but it was basically just get the puck and rim it as hard as you could every single time. And then I was like, and then I got to college and I was like, this doesn't work anymore. Like guys are plugging up the walls. Like, and then I had Brandon Jager and he's very good at playing the puck. I think he's, or he's, he did score a goal for Wenatchee when he was in juniors. Like if you find it on YouTube, it's pretty sick. Um, but he kind of showed me everything, like hit the D man on the side or hit the center guy swing in. Like he showed me all the options that I never really like paid attention to. 
so that's when I kind of like shifted away from just rimming it. And I was like, all right, let's mess around with like passing, like how much it's going to help our team. And then it's always, but now it's always just like, even in practice, like after practice, I sit there and probably shoot pucks for like 20 minutes or just stick handle doing the Michigan move or whatever it is, just <laughs> sticking around with it just to try to get better. Cause you never know, like maybe that one time, like you can pull that off kind of thing. And I started getting into like the high flips when I got into pro cause I realized everyone does a high flip. So I was like, all right, they're doing it. I might as well try it. So like, there's a couple of times where I'd get it and just flip it as high as I could for like a breakaway at the other end. And then, yeah, it's just over the years, just kind of gotten better at it. And like, I still, it's something that I, I think is one of my best parts of my games, I guess, or part of my game playing the puck. Some coaches don't like it though. I heard from some, before I went to the coast, there's some coast coaches that said, we can't take that guy. He plays the puck too much. Like that was their excuse. And I was like, what kind of excuse is that? Like, I don't get well, knock on wood, but like I haven't got scored on by turning it over in years. Well, know? I think certain guys, like when you regroup the zone, they just don't know what to do. And like, if you don't have, like you said, skilled defenseman or they don't know how yeah. to like handle the situation and talk through it, you know, like you end up throwing the puck away or like guys, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you could fuck. That's, it what, that's what makes it so hard because like I tell them like, I mean, if you have like, if you get on the same page, it obviously works, but you're like, Hey, go to the corners. I can get it to you. And if you're not there, I'll rim it past you or I'll hit the, the winger or the centerman. Don't come towards me when there's pressure coming. Like you're just going <laughs> to run into me and it's a shit show. Yep. And exactly. I'm like, are they call, calling the wrong things? Like normally it's like forehand, backhand, leave it or hard. And they're like saying, and they don't realize that I shoot the other way. So they're calling <laughs> backhand, but it's forehand. And I'm like, so like in my head, I'm like, oh shit. But then I have to think and I'm like, oh man, like you just messed me up there. And then I got the coach on at the immediate time. I was like, why don't you give it to this guy? I'm like, this is like, I'm not trying to sewer my team. I'm like, he's telling me to throw it the other way. So it's just, it's just it's a lot tough. of communication too, which helps. Like if you don't have communication, that's, that's what screws you. For sure. Uh, who's the goalie coach you were dealing with that helped you play in the puck in Michigan? Uh, well, I don't even know. He was just, uh, his name was Lanny Jardine. Like the head coach was Brian Jardine. It was his brother. So he played goalie back in the day. So he would just skate with us. I haven't oh, seen really? him center. Like, I don't even know if he's, like, a full-on goalie coach. He just kind of did it with our team. Huh. We have a Jardine kid on our team, but I don't – Do you oh, know if – It might be – it honestly might be his kid. Or it might be I his brother's kid. Jardine that played at OSU, too. Sam this, Jardine, maybe? I have a Brian Jardine Wait, that played at uh, – Because there's three brothers, and the one brother actually played at Ohio State. Yeah. Like, back when I was – like, he was older. And then he got in tr- he got in trouble for some shit though for I don't even know some underage stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Jardine that we have, like his kid plays with us, Brendan. But uh, I guess his brother played. His brother played at Brown. He played at Miami. Yeah. And then I didn't know there was another one that played. Um. Oh, it was Miami. That's where it was. Not OSU. That's where yeah. he played. I don't. Is I think it, there is one that played at OSU though. Oh, so it was no, Nick. maybe oh, he played in the Null. He played in Cleveland. I'll have to ask him. Oh, Nick, that's, that's his name. Yeah, so so Nick was the middle brother, I think. I think Lanny was the youngest, or no, Lanny was the oldest, and then Brian, I think, was the youngest. I could have him flipped up though. Lanny Jardine, man, I can't. But, wait they, to- but they basically they it's they all fine. skated. The one that played at OSU definitely has nothing to do with it because he's from. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so what was Lanny a goalie? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I'll have to ask because uh, Nick, Nick's the guy who works with us, and well, his kid plays for us. A little ten, you guy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you got anything else on the spill there, uh, Moise? Killer? No, just uh, well, actually, that I mean, that's kind of related, but are you a big country guy, Max? Not at all. That's what the oh. craziest part about it all is, is like. Like, yeah, like I kind of like live out there, like in the woods and stuff. Living and, like, out in the sticks and the pier. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I mean, I'm not like a city guy either. I'm just kind of like whatever. But like, like even like music wise, like country is probably my least favorite music. Oh, like wow. I can't like, I mean, I've kind of gotten into it because I lived down in Huntsville and like was around Nashville and stuff like that. So like there's some songs like I'll jam out to, but basically with for day drinking and whatnot. But like, like I'm like, a, I'm more of like a metal guy and like rap and I mean, some kind of stuff like basically everything else but country. But like, I've gotten into it lately. But like, going to like faster horses, I went there one time, and like, I was like, I can't be here. Like, this is this is not my scene here. <laughs> but like, it was fun. Like, I had a good time there. Like, you know, hanging out with everyone. But like, the whole like, I don't know any of the artists. Like, I don't know yeah. like anything. Like, so like, just like I'm sitting there just watching this concert going on. I'm like, what the fuck? what is this? Just trying to get hammered so you can get out. <laughs> yeah, <of there. laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I, I snuck I snuck into that one though, Faster Horses. I don't know how I pulled that off. Of course you did. That's no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I'm not paying $300 for a country concert. No shot. No shot. <laughs> Speaking of metal, do you still talk to Gwilly at all? Gwillem? Yeah, everyone's like on Instagram. Like we always message each other, like whenever he posts stories. I mean, a lot of it has to do with like the Lions now. Yeah. I'm always I'm always trolling people on there about that. But it's either that or he's talking about hockey every once in a while. But yeah, you know, he's doing good. Game every Sunday of the, of the dude with, like, the, mm-hmm. the lion's hard hat on. Yeah, 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 yeah. four down the field. <laughs> I always, like, that all started because, like, obviously going to school in Wisconsin, like, I I wasn't even that much into football. Like, I didn't really know much about it. But, like, everyone wore the Rodgers jerseys and, like, Packers. And I was like, oh, I can't weird. stand this guy. Like, they like to the class, like, there's 50 Aaron Rodgers jerseys. I'm like, all right, screw it. Like, I'm, I'm hardcore going deep on the Detroit Lions, <laughs> and I'm trolling everyone. And, like. Now that I've been doing it for so long, like I'm so like invested into it that like I just want them to win so bad. <laughs> and like all my like half my Instagram, like the people I follow are from Wisconsin. So when they see me post that, like it's always just shit talking and you know. <laughs> so that's kind of why I do it. But just giving the pot a stir. <laughs> yeah, I just I have to. But like I mean, they always get the benefit, like they're winning 90% of the games. <laughs> yeah. And like mm-hmm. the Lions win like one every now and then. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, hey, Eastside Elite. I mean, you you won a couple championships there. Uh, it's a really sweet. Uh, uh, Cam Johnson plays in it. Um, but it's mm. a really sweet, you know, summer league for you guys. Uh, you're you're kind of a master at throwing a couple two pad stacks out there, eh? Yeah, it's that's all I try. I mean, I kind of just <clears throat> sorry. I kind of just work on like. I mean, you kind of have to, but I kind of just work on stuff that I normally wouldn't, I guess, in that league because there's so many, like, odd man rushes and stuff. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm just going to try to do a two-pad stack or whatever, pull some shit on my ass because it might happen <laughs> in a game during the season, you know? So I'm just like, all right, barrel roll. Let's try it, see if it works. And sometimes it does, and I look really good, or sometimes I look like a complete idiot. Yeah. So, but, but no, that, that league's good. It's obviously been around for, what, 15 years, I think it was this summer, so – um, I think I've played in it a total of nine. I didn't play in it this summer because my hips and everything, and it was I needed a break, and I was like, you know what, like see if I can fill in, but I can't play full time. Yeah. Um, but he had he had me in for the All Star game, which is obviously every year he's done it. It's been a great event. Um, 
it went late because we went to the, we wanted it this year so like we were playing till like 11 o'clock but it didn't matter like we were all having fun with it we were bad but like you get to see a lot of the guys you don't see you know or that's like the last time you do see the guys that kind of head off right after that so it's like kind of like a send-off kind of thing but it, it was a great turnout there's a lot of fans there and you know it was fun yeah, a lot of people show up every time, which is cool. And he sells sponsors. And, like, I, I don't think anyone realizes I, I the Players that have done it for a while, I think, start to get it. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of time and a lot of blood and sweat that he throws into that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like you kind of like, I didn't really realize that at first either when he's like kind of getting mad about like players not coming or they like, say they're going to play and then they don't. And, like, yeah. and I kind of did that to him a couple of years ago, but I was like, but I was Scumbag. like, I can't play. I can't. Oh, no. I was like, I, <laughs> I think it was like every the past few summers I was kind of hurt, so I was like, "All right, like I'm not gonna get back on and hurt myself worse." So like I don't want to fully commit to you. Like I'm trying to warn you beforehand so you can find someone. But um, but yeah, it's always fun playing in that. I mean, it's like an for me, it's like an hour and fifteen minute drive. Which yeah, that's why I never idea. knew why you did but, that, like, man. That's far. That's like everything for me, though. Like there's like the closest rink is like I skated at Bright another day, and that's like an hour on the dot. But besides that, everything's over an hour. Yeah, like every everything's fire. I mean, that's what Gwill said too. He's like, unless you want to play like men's league in Flint, mm-hmm. like to get to any like real hockey, like Metro Jets was always fire. It's Frazier, now it's Mount Clemens. So yeah, I don't know, it's just the way it goes. Um and it's I'm kind of used to it, you know. It's where we turn some tunes on, turn the podcast on, listen to it. Like I told you one time I listened to Billy's. I was just driving to the rink, let turn it on, listen to it. So. Oh, Max, we appreciate the love, dude. Yeah, Billy C, he was a good dude. Pretty straight-laced, but uh, he seems like a funny guy. Yeah. Um, Evan, you got anything else? Well, didn't you uh, – we're talking about, you know, summer hockey a little bit here. Didn't you kind of get thrown into the fire with uh, three-ice stuff this summer? Oh, yeah. Chiavo yeah. told me you got thrown to the fire. Oh, dude, that was out of nowhere, too, because, like, I heard about the before we started from, like, Hawk and Hensick, and I was like, that sounds unreal with, like, the money and, like, you're going to cities and like the players are going into. It. I'm like, get me into this. Like, let me play in it. I'm like, who do I have to talk to? I didn't hear anything from it. Was watching every weekend. Like, my dad is watching it. And then, like, out of nowhere, Hawks, like, yeah, our goalie's like, he might be hurt. Like, I talked to the guy, would you come in? And I'm like, yeah, 100%. So the guy called me and I thought I was going to play for Hawks team, but that goalie came back. And then, so I was just going to be an e bug. And then Jeremy Broder couldn't make it. It's like, yeah, we're you're playing, but you're playing against Hawk. And I'm like, Oh no. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this guy knows how to, like, he shoots on me a billion pucks a day in practice. Like we stay on after I'm like, this guy knows how to score on me. Like he has my number. And then Hensick is obviously a good player. And then they had everyone else on our team. And then I'm like, all right, screw it. Like, and I haven't skated in like three weeks probably. And I'm like, all right, let's just see how this goes. And like travel. Like, I didn't know how any of this stuff worked. They just kind of threw me in. I actually did pretty well. We were up like two, nothing. They're short games, like two eight-minute halves, and then they pull their goalie and up scoring two and then scoring a shootout. So we had to play him again in the semis, and then whoever won that game got to go to Vegas for the playoffs in two weeks after that for, like, first place was $127,000. So, like, everything was riding on me to stop the puck to have them win to get into the semis. And then we ended up losing to that. Same thing happened again. We were up two to one. They came back and won three two, and the, and the Hawks scored on a penalty shot with 30 seconds left. <laughs> So not, knock that and knock that team out. Yeah, knock that team out. They got to compete for the money, but I still got to go to Vegas just to be an e bug. So I got to go there anyway. So, <laughs> well, you guys get a little bit of cash though, just to hang out in the wings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they gave us five hundred just 
to go on the ice for warmups and then you sit on the bench the whole day, which is yeah. not the whole day. It's like three hours and then yeah. hang out with the guys and yeah, Vegas. it's not bad at all. Yeah, <laughs> and I got go, I got to go to Vegas and Nashville for the two weeks I played. Um, oh God, it's Garrett Ross. So we were at State Wars. I think it was Ross, or maybe it was Shy. No, Shy mm-hmm. was playing. But uh, when we were at State Wars, uh, I think Three E was in Nashville that weekend, and they had played like two roller games already. And then for the afternoon, they drove or flew down to Nashville, sat around, didn't get to play because they were, you know, like sitting in the wings mm-hmm. just to eat. <laughs> Excuse me, emergency guys. They fly him back, and he got paid, and then he comes back. And then plays more roller. I was like, man, like, yeah, that's pretty sweet just to pick up like you know, thousand bucks just to go down and hang out. Oh, yeah, it's they well, they're getting more. I think the players are getting 1500 for being for on like a taxi squad. That's what not, I heard. That's nuts, yeah. though, because it's easier to find players than it is goalies. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't really understand it, but I, I mean, I wasn't really complaining because I was, you know, I got a free trip out of it. They pay for your hotel, your flight, your food, basically, besides like one meal. And then you get to play hockey. Well, I didn't really – I played the one time. But, yeah, I got to go to Nashville, which I was wanting to go to all summer. I never got to. It's like, all right, sweet. I get to go, and I'm with a bunch of guys I know. And then got to go to Vegas. Like, I didn't know when the next time I was going to go to Vegas was. And then I made a couple hundred bucks gambling. So, I was like, all right, you can't beat this. <laughs> we're buzzing. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm on the come up right now. Let's go. Um, All right. Uh, Evan, anything else here, bud? No, thanks, Max. Seriously, that was nice talking. Yeah, I know, obviously, played each other a few times over the years. Never really got to shoot the shit, though, so it was nice. Yeah, no, we've we've only got to talk, like, for, like, five words in warm-ups, and that was it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or her fucking vermilion when your team was just being a fuck bunch of idiots. And I was like, dude, hang in there, man. (laughs) Yeah, holy cow. Well, dude, I'll never forget, like – I I went down there after I was in Wheeling, and then I went down there just because I, you know, I kind of want. Mm-hmm. He's this unbelievable dude, and I just wanted yeah. to play for him. And I was just like, oh, he's probably, you know, going to take care of me, or whatever. But I was just like, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna let's just get through this game, see how it goes. Yeah. Like two minutes in, one of your guys just shoots a puck from the half wall right off my D man's oh, ass, yeah. and just goes in. And I'm like, this is exactly like- how this is game is gonna go. Is it? <laughs> I it was bad. It was like well. It was- it was like a five on three right after, and then like another one. And I was like, man, this is so shitty for him. Oh, <laughs> like, and then literally 30 seconds left in the game, one of my D men just jumps, like, <laughs> like jumps one of your guys, like a complete corner yeah. right behind the net. I've never seen anything like it. Just I like remember clubbing him yeah. over the head. Oh my. Yeah, that guy got his. That guy was pretty fucked up. Yeah, I think he scored his first goal. I think it was the one that hit, went off the ass. And then he, uh, I think he played like 10 more games after that, and then they released him. Maybe not even 10. So he got his ass beat and then got released. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good dude, like really good dude. But just I felt bad. The bounces he, that guy got too. I was like, oh. But, the guy that the guy that jumped him doesn't need to jump anyone because he was tougher than shit. So I don't, I don't even who, know. Who, who was it? Uh, Alex Basie. And he, dude, he's. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's down in the. He, finished in the fed like he's a tough mm. guy in the fed which yeah I mean, if you're down there yeah you, you gotta be tough yeah <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Gotta be tough to survive <laughs> yeah um it uh, we never bring this up and i always forget about this but evan gotten some fights in the null did you ever you ever get any goalie scraps there milo yeah one yeah i got one uh important here on against kalamazoo 
Who was it's it? On, Do you uh, remember? Beans? Was it uh, Okiki? No, no, it wasn't Okiki, but he always wanted to fight me, though, because we had, like, a pass in, like, AAA, and then, like, it was always, like, me and him battling against each other. So, like, we always talk shit, and then um, he tried to the one game, but he didn't, and then in college, we kind of – I went to his – freshman year like homecoming we just went to river falls because it was close and partied with them and we were actually boys after that and then like he knows john albert on my team or like since he was like a one year old so like i actually saw him in florida when we were in the finals and we caught up and shit but the guy's name was uh mclean his last name i can't remember his first name but he went to rit or rpi can't remember i think it was rit he committed like the next day after i fought him and i was like, like oh we fuck? like this guy he's got grit yeah yeah well, no i beat the shit i beat his ass like like so like it was like a shit show of a game one guy just suckered a guy like gratuity sucker like from like back in the day guy drops it was uh, some russian guy on our team he's nuts and then all hell broke loose because that was like our rival and yeah. then i just see him skating down i'm like all right screw it and i'm like i've been waiting for one of these yeah so like i'm like all right take the helmet off spin it gave a little spin on the helmet and then he got me good right up the start and then i I wailed on him pretty good. And then I thought we were done because I he was on the ground. So I was trying to be respectful. And then he gets up and suckers me again. So we go at it again. And then he slew foots me to finish it. And then gave him two black eyes. Next time we played him, they're still there. And then that was pretty much it. And then we beat him in playoffs. So I got the last laugh. You're an animal. <laughs> but it's, it's, on, it's on YouTube. I'll have to text it to you when we're done here. It's like a shitty quality video, obviously, now. But the guy from Puerto Rico, it's like some super fan, I think. And he's just screaming, going, goalie boy, goalie boy. <laughs> and then you can kind of see what's going on a little bit. But it's pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah, fire that over if you can, dude. Um, yeah, will. That'll be awesome. I'll send that over to Moiser. Uh, dude, again, thank you so much for hopping on. I know it was last minute. Um, no, all, all good. I think it was more fun to have you on than the other guy that we would have had. So <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, Max, you need anything you let me know, but I know we got you a brand new fresh set at the end of last season. Yeah. So treat those good and make them last as long yeah. as we can. I'm, 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 tr- I'm trying. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, if those glove and blocker get worn down though, I'm sure, you know, Dave's a great guy in Toledo. So I'm sure I'll just talk to him. And if, if anything happens, if I need another set or whatever it is, like I think Billy did that last year, like halfway yeah. through. So, I mean, I'm sure we could do that, but right now everything's fine. Like they're right now they're at the point where they feel really good. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going with the flow. So got that chest protector too. So everything's good. Sweet, man. Well, we're rolling. Uh, good luck. You know, again, congrats on Toledo buzz and let's yeah, see you get you. some GPs in. All right. Yeah. Yeah. See where it goes. And like I said, I have fun with it. Thanks buddy. Um, yeah, no problem. We'll talk to you soon. Yep.